Welcome to the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. It is October 12th, 2019, and I am your co-host, Ryan, joined by... Lobos, who is also joined by... Retrograde Tom. Hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh, you have your own co-host. Wow, yeah, that's right. I brought my own co-host onto the show just because, you know, I think there's a little more weight to be carried here, and... Uh, You're moving up. And... <laughs> <laughs> you got that multi-level marketing thing going, right? You That's got right. Referrals, so great. It's very great. complicated. Well, and today we're playing Mist for the PC, and that was released in 1993 by Cyan Worlds. So real, real early in the 90s, huh? Early in the 90s, running in the 90s. Yeah, I played Mist when I was a kid. Loved it. I uh, definitely, I definitely beat it. And it was, pro you know what? That was probably one of the first games I ever thought about, like the idea of a speed run. Because of the fact that if you know, like, the code, <laughs> you can just run straight there and, like, basically finish the game. Yeah, I think the world record of this game is about 50-some seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bunch of flipping switches and then going to the end. Now, I think, Tom, you had in indicated that you played this as a child and it was one of your favorite games. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time. And it, it's probably a game that had one of the biggest impacts on me because... Yeah, so I remember getting it for a Christmas. It must have been early, mid-90s. I mean, it came out in 93, so I don't remember the exact year. I just remember getting this box, and games at that time, you would you get a manual, right? And the manual oh, would yeah. describe everything about the game, the story, and then you would sort of know what you were doing when you went into the game. But uh, Miss was totally different. It, it didn't have a manual, and this is the original Mac version, like the very first version. <laughs> it didn't have a manual, and... Um, I was like, what is this thing? I mean, I, I have no idea how my parents knew to get it for me. It was like the first time I ever played a game where you were discovering about the world as you played it instead of reading about it first, and you had no idea what was going Ooh. on. It was just like mystery after mystery after mystery as you're exploring the game. So yeah, really so had a, a, had mis a big mystery. Oh, mister. mystery. Mystery. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> no, well, actually, it wasn't because, you know, so we're on Mist Island right here. We just right. started the game. You start on a Mist Island. This was actually named after the Jules Verne novel, The Mysterious Island. Oh. So it says it right in the name. Wow. Excellent segue there, Nice Tom. bit of trivia. Yeah, yeah. Right. Actually, going back to that, so it was released in 93. I remember this is the game that made CDs popular. And back then, really? back then, like to have a CD-ROM was an expensive thing. That was like a $300, $400 piece of computer equipment. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I didn't have a CD-ROM, but all the cool kids <gasps> did. And they'd be like, oh, man, look, take a look at this Mist game. And it looked, it looks gorgeous. It was so cool. It does. And these all are all pre-rendered scenes here. So yeah. it's not, most of it is not real-time rendering. There are some situations where you'll click on an icon, and in order to, to move something, it'll play like a little... A little, little animation. A little animation. Yeah. It looks like a, a low-quality actual video file that yeah. is overlaid on the screen. Yeah. But I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about a little bit what Mist is in terms of, like, you know, how do you play the game? What, what, is, the, what is the purpose? Sure, here? yeah, you click a lot. That's great. <laughs> That's the episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Yeah, uh, great. Yeah, good to see you. So it's like a quote-unquote 3D world, again, pre-rendered, but these basically little screenshots of the world while you move through it. And you can click generally on the center of the screen to move forward. Sometimes you can click on the bottom of the screen to move backwards. You can turn left and right on the sides of the screens. You can look up sometimes. And then, of course, if there's anything you can interact with, you can, you can click on that as well. But there's no indication to that necessarily. So you kind of have to click on a bunch of things until you figure out what, what does what if anything. Yeah, and Tom, I know you play a lot of adventure games, and this is very different than the adventure games that I was used to because there are actually very little things that you can pick up or interact with in this game. Is that correct? Right, you don't really have an inventory like mm -hmm. most um, point and clicks previous to this. You just you can pick up a page at a time, and that's it. And if you try to pick up two pages, nope, sorry. Gotta, yeah. Gotta put the other one down <laughs> and, and pick up the new one and bring it back. But it seems uh, frustrating, but I think to me, Myst is really a perfectly designed game. That Even that aspect of it, it works really well, even though it sounds frustrating. Well, it is completely a minimalist in that inventory like you were saying yep. other games 
they will fill up your inventory. You know, even something like Monkey's Island 2 will give you items you don't even need for your yeah. inventory to kind of yeah. play with that. But yeah, yeah this is something there if you, you have to pick up a page. By the way, let's talk a little bit about the concept of the page. So to set up a little bit of the why you have to collect the pages, the beginning of the game, you uh, you basically see, uh, I guess I'd call him like the creator of Myst. We'll call that for the sake of discussion here. Mm -hmm. Atreus is the character's mm -hmm. name, and you see him falling down into what is later known as the Star Fissure. Well, Atreus, I think. Sorry? Atreus. Atreus, yes. Thank yeah. you for that correction there. <laughs> uh, and so he drops the Myst linking book. So this Myst linking mm. book is what allows you to link to the different ages in Myst. What you find out is you early on in the game, you go to the library and you see these two books. There's a red book on one side of the library and a blue book on the other. If you open up the book, actually, there's there's two pages next to the book. Right. And so like back to what Tom was saying, it's sort of masterfully designed because the first thing you do is you're like, I, I'm picking up a blue page. Maybe I click it on the blue book mm -hmm, right. and it takes it and you're like, great. Well, maybe I should open up the blue book. And then there's like a little video file that plays. It's very fuzzy, right? Tom, do you do you know what these guys are saying? It's really hard to tell, right? Excuse me. Right. So it, it's really fuzzy at, at first. So that's part of the mystery of the game. Okay, um, there we that go. You, you'd have no idea who these guys are. You just see these creepos talking to you uh, <laughs> through these books. And you're like, what is going on? It's staticky and you're trying to catch words, you know, here and there. As you put more pages in, it, things sort of get a clearer yeah, and actually, so my understanding of this, and I think it was completely wrong, but please verify for me here. So the first time I opened up the page, I was like, oh, this is super broken. I can't understand what they're saying. And my assumption was each page made the same message come through clearer, right? So you're basically like tuning in a little bit. If you consider it like a radio station, it's like each time you put in a new page, you get close to that radio station. So, and there's four different pages for each book. So what I didn't do is every time I put in a new page, watch the video file because I they're, I, I, they're different. They're different. Fact. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> I was they like, are. all right, we'll just yeah. we'll just go to the end and then I can see everything. and Don't have to worry about that. Right. Do you either you kind of have an understanding of like what they're telling you? Yeah. Well, I mean, like the first ones are basically like, I don't know who you are, but get me a page or whatever. And there's not a whole lot of dialogue there to pull from. And then as you go, they'll be like. They'll start to explain the fact that there is another book that is another one of his brothers or whoever's brother and that they want to get you want you to get pages for their book, but they're bad. So don't mm -hmm. do that. And then as you as you get like to the final page, they're like, there's one more page to get. Uh, as Tom said, they're kind of creepy uh, video files, but. Um, not necessarily because of the static. As it clears up, they kind of get even creepier because <laughs> there's yeah. some personalities, man. They're... Yeah. So there's <laughs> yeah. there's two the books. The whole time you're trying to figure out, uh, you know, which one is good. You know, which one should you help? Because they're both saying each other is bad. Yeah, yeah. And and so they they definitely have a unique personality. So there's two books. Uh, Cyrus uh, is the red. I believe so. And then uh, uh, yeah, Cyrus. Cyrus, yeah. And then Ackner is the blue. Tom, can you go into a little bit about like their, their personalities? Right. So the way I describe them is, um, well, I don't want to give away spoilers because we're at Ooh. the beginning. But uh, one seems like smarter, more uh, serious in the red book. He He's he's wordy. He seems more intelligent. And then Ackner in the blue book just is completely insane. He's got these <laughs> weird little giggles that he does every oh, once yeah. in a while. And he seems nuts. But, you know, at the same time, you know, he could just be crazy but nice. So... It's hard to figure out right, you know, right. what's going on with them. And what's really fun, a little another piece of trivia here. So to be clear, these are FMV sequences that you watch. So a real human was recording those. Mm -hmm. They were played by the two brothers that designed the game. Uh, Rand and Robin Miller both played Acnair and Cirrus. <laughs> so I think I that's think, um, cool. I think Cirrus might have been a different actor. Oh, and is that so? Atris is, um, I don't know which one. Atris and Acnair, I believe, are the brothers. Oh, Okay. Well, I have to blame check that. Okay, Wikipedia or wherever you got that trivia yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that clarification there. So uh, let's go on to a little bit about the puzzles here. So we, again, we're, we're on Mist Island and Mist Island is comprised of, if I were to guesstimate, let's say like 20 different screens, seems about right. You kind of click around there and there are a lot of puzzles, but they, some of them are very apparent that they're puzzles. We're at a puzzle right now where... 
there are two valves and a red big red button mm -hmm. you twist these valves and what's interesting is you don't know what what is happening when you're twisting the valves because mm. they cut to just looking at the valves right you can't see the environment around you so the only way is through noting there's a big clock tower in front of you and what happens is you twist those valves and then you exit the screen and you look and the big clock has changed yeah and you're like oh I think this is a puzzle to solve. Probably. You probably need to know a certain time to set and then hit the red button. Mm, yes. Where do you get that? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, where do you get that? How do you how do you know what time? Well, so the, the core of Mist Island in particular's puzzle seems to be there's this big tower that you can rotate by interacting with a map screen in the library. Mm -hmm. Tom, do you know exactly what is required for it to like for the line to turn red that's pointing at a location yeah uh, oh by the way i was wrong about the oh. the, the actors oh. uh, one of them plays akinar and actress and the other does play sir just a correction oh, okay uh, right. but to to uh to get the markers on the map you have to turn on these marker switches which are on mist island yeah and that Can i actually i think what was really interesting is when you are exploring the island you see these switches mm -hmm. and so the first thing you do is you're like, i'm gonna flip a switch right right i'm curious how how each of you approach this because if you flip a switch on and nothing happens do you keep it on or do you flip it back to the off state because i generally will flip it back to the off state uh, i keep it on how about you tom I, i'll flip it on and off a few times and hopefully yeah. I don't forget how many times I flipped each one. <laughs> I think for me, I kind of like to reset things to a state, like a known state. I don't sure. like to have a, a bunch of things in my world. I'm like, well, this could activate any time. But actually, right. that serves as a disservice in this game because unless I'm missing something, there's not a clear mapping or a clear uh, understanding that rotating the tower uh, will only turn that line red if you have the switch turned on. What you probably did, Lobos, if you yep. just leave everything on yep. and you're exploring the whole world and you're just like on, 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 yep. then we rotate the tower, everything just turns red and you're like, great, now I can do a lot of these things. Yeah, well, I I generally see a switch or lever like that, at least the way it looked, was like some sort of power, you know, yeah. circuit. So I'm like, I'm going to keep all of these on. Once they're all on, something will happen. And actually, there is something secret kind Ooh. of that does happen. And I, I accidentally fumbled into that like during my playthrough again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this now. You uh, did that by accident? I did it by accident. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I was just like, I happened to return to the start point again, and I flipped and, I, and it opened. And I was like, what? Well, yeah, oh. I saw I saw people in your chat were very angry with you. They're like, you're not <laughs> supposed to know that. Put it back, Lobos. <laughs> Basically, the reason why you want to twist this tower is well one of two things one will activate like power sources or al allow you to interact with other things and the second thing is once you point the tower at that location you can back up a little bit through a secret passage in the library and go up into the observatory and there are things written on the wall yeah there's like these pl there's plaques that will change based on what you're pointed at and i always love the correlation there's two sides of this tower you can climb up ladders and look on either side one side has a plaque and the other side has this little, like, narrow vertical window that will, like, it'll give you a view on the actual island of whatever you're pointed at. So you can, like, make that correlation there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so the first place I ended up going to was Stone Ship. How about you two? What, what was the first location you found? I went to the, uh, there's a, I don't remember what the name of it is, but there's the giant gear and the gear opens up and you go down That's there. That's the mechanical age. The mechanical age. Yep. Okay. And the way I you get mine, there. I think mine was oh. Channelwood. Channelwood. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. All different places. Though. That's really cool. And yeah. <laughs> and by the way, this is a, you can consider it almost an open world game because you go to Miss Island and there's no sequence that you have to complete the puzzles in. So as you see, we all started out in different locations there. The funny thing is, the first area I accessed was the mechanical age, like you, Lobos. Because mm -hmm. what you do is you solve this puzzle and a little gear opens up, just like the there's another really, really large gear on the island. Oh, yeah. And yes. that's how you, that, then it has the book to allow you to get to the mechanical age. So that opens up just like the little tiny one that you solve. But I didn't make that association. I saw there was a, gear, a small gear that opened up. I'm like, great. There's no key or anything in here, so what the <laughs> heck was that for? I don't know. Let's move on to the next thing. And I ended up... I love astronomy, yep. by the way, Lobos. I know you're a big astronomy fan, and I, one of the puzzles allows you... Or has you basically oh, yeah. looking at, like, a, a star lab for constellations. Yeah. 
And that's how you get to the stone ship age. Mm. Those aren't real constellations though, right? I don't know. The spider and the snake. Well, it is on the mist. I'm sure island. somebody yeah. ha- has seen those somewhere at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> this whole area, again, most of the mist islands or the mist ages are, are pretty small self-contained puzzles, but there's a lot of depth in them. A lot of a lot of interlocking parts here. So you go to Stone Ship Island. This is a it's basically a ship next to a big outcropping like a rock. All the areas are flooded, and so the first thing is you see three little lights. They look like lights. You click yep. them on, and you hear like a little noise, but you don't really know what's going on to explore. And you're like, okay, each one of these pumps is going to remove water from one of the locations. Right. And I, I would say that like. In general, each age that you go to has like one core mechanic kind of. And then from that, there are separate, you know, little puzzles within that um, that you have to solve. So this one is, yeah, you, you, you drain um, specific areas and then you go into rooms and then you've got more stuff to figure out. And Yeah. So we went into each of these, these ages has a room for both Cirrus and what's the other guy's name? Akinar. Akinar, thank you. And they're all very, very different, and they all have weird things. Like, some of the ages will have, like, axes and swords, and we just saw uh, some syringes and pills. So they seem like they just have a lot of weird stuff. (laughs) You you start to learn a little bit more about their personalities, especially Mm -hmm. when you go into, like, Akinar's, like, torture room, and you're like, um... Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Mist is really good at environmental storytelling, and it was doing this in the early 90s, too. Yeah. Um, you just sort of see, it's not just saying like, oh, like a note that says, oh, I, I murdered a bunch of people, or I'm doing these drugs or something. Right. You're just sort of finding it, and you're like, what is that? And it just keeps building and building, and, and I think they do it a really interesting way. Yeah, and I love it when games do that, because, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into making a room look interesting, but if... If there's no reason to look at it, there's no real story behind it. Sure. A lot of players will just yeah. kind of run through it. But this gave me an opportunity to be like, all right, well, what's going on here? Now, I don't need to know any of this to really progress with the game. You can right. kind of just click around. But you get from Miss what you put into the exploration and the discovery. And I actually, I love this because I actually have a leather-bound journal. So I was like writing notes nice. in, in the pages okay. there. <laughs> Completely hmm. beautiful. Now, we're getting to a, a section here. I actually wanted to discuss a little bit with Tom because it made me so angry he he found this out right away. So by the way, people call him the Puzz Whiz and I understand why. <laughs> so true. you go to the nice. you go up to the the top of this oh. rock, you see like a, a telescope. What happens is you can look through that telescope and it has a bunch of uh, numbers. So you have like 10 degrees, 20 degrees, 30 degrees, and as you rotate across, it goes all the way to thir- 360 degrees. Right. And so you, you spin the thing around, and at about 135, um, you see a blinking light. You're like, okay, cool. That's, that's important. Um, 135 is important. And so what that correlates... Well, Tom, why don't you tell us how that correlates to a future puzzle? Uh, it correlates to this... I guess it would be like, what's the word? Some sort of a compass design, which is mm-hmm. in, a, in a hidden room where you have to actually press the, 100, the, the light at 135 degrees. But I don't know if you guys played um, Old Mist or Real Mist. There's so many different versions. But I, I was playing Real Mist first, and it doesn't have the blinking light there. So if you played that, it's a lot harder to figure out. Well, Whereas so, in the original, it has the blinking light. So the blinking light for me didn't show up until I turned the generator. So did you look at it before oh. you turned the generator? Because I noticed Maybe. that, and I was like, okay, all right. And I, I noticed that that had changed. I think that's... I mean, Okay, that might have been it. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Now I actually brute force my way through this puzzle. So basically, I think there's like Tom said, you go to you see a compass, and there's thirty little things to ah, click on. Yep. And if you click on the wrong one, an alarm will go off, and the, all the lights will shut off. But then like this really cool blue like emergency light comes on. Oh yeah. And if anyone's ever seen Lost, it's so reminiscent of the hatch, and I love that. <laughs> uh, so the hatch is basically this area where there's this like fluorescent light and all these words appear when when the when the emergency lights are on anyway so basically what you have to do if you click on the wrong button you have to go back and restart the generator so yep. it's very hard and here's the issue i took i also thought it was 135 degrees mm-hmm. but i was considering it more of a unit circle mm-hmm. so if you consider the unit circle zero degrees is essentially all the way to the right 90 degrees is to the north 
180 is to the left, 270 is to the south. And so what would have been 130, essentially you're supposed to start right. zero at the north and 130 degrees, right. 135 right. is kind of the right. southeast there. Yeah, I did I did maths because I was like, if you counted like by fives all the way around, uh -huh. like it didn't add up to 360. So I was like, all right, cool. What? How many buttons are there? Yeah. Divide that into 360, add how many space? It was 12, I think. Uh, um, the 12th like little boop. And, Number 13. Uh, huh? I, I don't know how I Is got it, it as a kid. Well, yeah. I didn't count the first one. So oh, it was like okay, zero, okay. five, okay. Oh, ten. Oh, see yeah, the so. little programmer mentality right here. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I'm glad we all solved that. That one kind of took me a little bit of time here. Again, Tom solved it, uh, no problem. How long did it take you to solve Lobos? Uh, I think I, I don't think I got stuck. I just kept trying things until I figured it. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. Um, we well, only have you only have thirty options. So. I would say most of the puzzles in this have been were were a good pace, <laughs> barring one that we'll talk about later. <laughs> now, I'm sure Tom knows. <laughs> The next location we are in is a mechanical. By the way, we did have a poll on the Twitter, the Saturday Morning Gaming Show Twitter. You can follow us at Saturday M Gaming. In any case, we had a poll. Our favorite ages were tied between oh. a mechanical and the spaceship age. So people seem to really enjoy either the one we're on now or the spaceship age there. And I think they, there are different names for these. Um, I call it the spaceship age. So <laughs> we're going to go with that. But, so, I think so this, it's selenit, selenitic. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, selenitic. you know, who, what doesn't even mean anything? <laughs> it means, uh, I looked it up. It means like, pertaining to the moon. Okay. Oh. I, 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 I saw crystals. In any Crystal. case, I think spaceship makes more sense. So we're going to go yep. with that. <laughs> so this is, I think, the first age that I came to. And I looked around. Um, and every age, once you go there, you're stuck until you figure out a puzzle to get back to Mist Island. And this was the first one I, I came to. I ran around for a little while, looked around, managed to solve the, the puzzle that took me back to Mist Island, and then I went to the next one. And yeah, same here. It wasn't until much later that I came back here, and there are some little hidden wall panels that you open, and that kind of opened up the game for me because there were a couple of hidden panels elsewhere that I just I didn't really know or think to look for. There is a lot. I mean, there can be backtracking if if you miss something, and uh, I, I really if you liked missed something. Missed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I really liked this elevator puzzle, though. Yeah, this one was really great because they they have a sequence in one of the rooms. I don't remember whose it is. It's like a little tower simulator. I don't know. I think they call it fortress simulator. Mm, it was a tower rotation simulator. Yeah, I that's think. what it is. That's yeah. what it is. So what you do is you have these two knobs and when you manipulate those, it will fake rotate, you know, simulate rotating a tower and you hear like a little audio cue. And essentially what you find out is if I turn it to the left, it has a certain sound and then you turn it to the north, it has a certain sound and you're like, all right, cool. Well, that's weird. There's <laughs> okay. So maybe I'll write it down. Maybe I won't. By the way, there are other things in this room that also seem important. So there's there's three crystals, and you yep. hover. There's like a, a yellow diamond, a green sphere, and a D twenty, that uh, red one. <laughs> and then there's a uh, a bird that you can rotate, and its noses are different colors. And I'm like, okay, I got to remember oh. all this stuff because like maybe there's a sequence because <laughs> his nose is like red, green, it is. yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, somewhere there's a pattern of colors I need to know. Yeah, but, that's just yeah. like leftover from the CDR where it was cool to interact with, with 3D stuff. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's a good point because there's like some areas where like a, you open up a box and a snake jumps out at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, this is just this is really just showing off technology, but that, yeah. that's fine. And then there's that little chessboard that you can look at. And I was like, aha, yeah, keep an well, eye out for chess puzzle. pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. But ultimately, like you pointed out, there's the tower puzzle here. And so you go up to the top of this tower. Essentially, what you want to do is you want to rotate the tower to um, either 0, 90, 180, or 270 degrees because there's platforms you can get to that are only accessible when you rotate there. You go up to the top of the tower and you rotate it. And there's no indication other than a sound when you've hit those locations. So you're like, oh, I understand. You have to go to the fortress simulator or the tower rotation simulator, jot down what each sound corresponds to the Right, which coordinates. direction, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you go up and then you're like, all right, great, I know what to do now. Now really quickly, just to rewind, since we're watching it, especially here, that simulator, um, there's two levers and the left lever you have to like 
push up and it's kind of like an unlock and then the right lever while it's unlocked while the left one is unlocked you can hold it up and that'll do the rotation and then you pull the left lever back down and then it makes the sound when i was first doing this i would pull the left lever up i would rotate and then i would step away and i'd be like okay well i, I don't know what's going on uh and it took me a little bit more experimentation to figure out the, the whole lock mechanic and then i was like okay but i really liked this uh presentation you go up this elevator you step out and then you can, I think you said that you didn't, but you can look up. Yeah, I didn't know you could look up and see the controls up there. Yeah, and you can see two little joysticks up there. So you're like, ah, I need to get to the top of the elevator. And there's conveniently this button that has mm -hmm. like a timed closing yeah. of the elevator door and then it r descends back down. So you hit that button, you jump out and then the elevator descends, you get access to that control panel. So I'm never going to knock anyone's puzzle solving abilities, but I do want to comment here, Lobos. It took you a while to figure out, and it surprises me because they do this all the time in Dark Souls, where they have you're supposed to send the elevator up or down, get off, and then like jump on top of the elevator. So That did not take me long to figure out at all. Oh, yeah? Okay. I, that was, immediately, I was like, oh, cool, because I looked up, and oh, then I yeah, was like, right, cool, right. I need to get to the top of that. I don't know, maybe, maybe it seemed that way. Maybe it seemed that way. <laughs> Like you said, I completed this area, and I I had done an area before this, so I knew there there was an existence of pages, but I completed the area, and I didn't find any pages. Right, So same. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll come back later and have an idea there. But I know Tom. I was watching Tom, and he found the pages. Mm -hmm. Tom being the genius he is. Tom, where are these pages? Well, I had actually forgotten about them when I played it. I had to, I had to remember look up aka remember whatever uh <laughs> that there are the two hidden doors in each uh in two sides of the center room and that's where the pages are and that's where you find out about cirrus and akinar's extra weird stuff that they're doing they're, oh yeah uh, i think i don't remember who it was but someone's keeping people in cages and i think it was yeah. akinar i think akinar was yeah. really more the barbaric type yeah he's kind of like the warlike um brother yeah and each mm -hmm. storeroom like had like riches and all the stuff so you can see right. that uh, let's let's talk about the story just a little bit sure. because what is it? What's his name? Atris. He yeah. has found a way to like write books or something, and then these books open the way to new ages, and that's how you're traveling between these. And so, yeah. uh, his he allowed his sons at some point access to these ages, and you can you can see from what they've left behind the fact that they've come to these ages, kind of like made their their claim to certain stuff. They get all these riches and. However, they maybe manipulate the the population there or whatever, because they seem mostly like kind of like tribal populations that aren't capable of, you know, defending themselves or understanding like realm travel or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And I think that Atris actually even mentioned that he because you'll, you'll talk to him later on, much later on in the game. And I think he mentions that he actually stopped access for the brothers in all but four ages. Mm. I think that's how that went. Tom, do you know one way or the other if that if that's correct? I'm not sure. I know they burned a they burned a bunch they of them. They burned a bunch of books. Yeah. Oh yeah. There were four left. I'm not 100. percent Yeah. True. Now we we went back to Mist Island, having completed two islands here, and this room frustrated me. So basically, when you very when you start the game, if you turn to the left, there's an obvious indentation in the wall. You click that, and it's a secret passage. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first started the game, I went to the left and I moved my mouse around. I was like, oh, well, there's clearly nothing here. <laughs> I didn't even bother clicking. But I suspect that this here, right here, this room right here, which is has like this pool of water or something. It's basically mm -hmm. a big mechanical device that uh, will display holograms. It's like a cauldron, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. And I suspect that this is the first room many people really experience or interact well, with. Well, so... If you take a couple steps from the beginning, there's a note on the ground yes. to Catherine, which is Atris's wife, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Um, and it says, I've left a message for you at the four chamber by the docks. So then I, and from that point, I was like, four chamber by the docks. And at some point I went over to the docks and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I actually found that door before I found the note. In any case, they give you a clue to enter the total number of marker switches on yeah. the island into the imager and you're like, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll count the switches and keep that in mind. And it turns out there's a panel to control this cauldron. Mm -hmm. And I think there's eight total switches. And if you enter eight into the into that panel and then click a button on the, the cauldron, then it plays like a, a message from 
um, Atris himself. It's a very long message, too. It is, but it's kind of, you know, sets the story, sets the the, the stage for what's going on here, I think. Pretty yeah, well. and I think he actually gives you the first real direction in the game, because I think he says something like, I've hidden these things away in the place of power. If you forget, remember the tower, the tower rotation, or something the like key, that. The yeah. key is in the tower rotation, I think, is what he said, something like that. Yeah. Um, he also calls you Catherine, so I, when I first start playing the game, I thought I was Catherine playing as dude, Catherine. Well, see, but... I thought that too. I was like, well, oh. maybe maybe you are Catherine. So know. according yeah. to the canon in this game, you are this this individual called the Stranger. Um, and I think that's really all they give you. So you're just a dude that finds this world or something. Sure. Again, I'll, I think this game had very limited lore initially, and then subsequent games actually expanded on it. So when I was doing some research of the games... It was really hard to determine what was actually in the original Mist and what was linking back and sort of retconning the lore of the Mist through the subsequent games. Mm. Now, I want to take a step back a little bit because you were talking about the the note you found to Catherine. Yep. And it said, meet me by the, the chambers by the dock. Uh-huh. Right? And the interesting thing about puzzle games is once you feel like you've solved a puzzle or you made that association, it's very hard to unassociate with that. So when right. I saw that, I thought this was, there's a room that has like a, a furnace in it and oh, there's yeah. a chest. I'm like, well, if you kind of map it out in your head, it's it's pretty close to the docks because it's on the <laughs> same side. It's it's not next to the water, but it's pretty close to the docks and there's a chest that, or a, a, a safe you can enter some numbers. I'm like, right. all right, well, that's the location he's talking oh. about, right? And it wasn't until I started clicking around some more. I'm like, oh no, it was I was in the wrong location there. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about lore a little bit. There is um, a bookshelf in the library, which is where you find the, the brothers' books. And you can read some of the books. And most of them are burned. Uh, but there's really lengthy like lore about finding different ages and talking about the people there. And it's kind of like detailed journals and stuff. There are clues for like puzzles. Uh, I think one of them has like a an image of like a piano with like some numbers on it for that comes late comes in later for access elsewhere. But yeah, I, I read through at least one of the books and it was, it was like, I don't know, like 20, 25 pages of lore. Yeah. And I just sat there reading it all like on stream. Just like, blah, blah, blah. And, and and it was cool. It yeah, was cool I, imagine, I imagine trying to stream this and read it and interpret it are a little challenging. Tom, <laughs> Tom did you read and internalize all the books there? I, I read them because I played through it a few times. I didn't I didn't when I played it again this week, I didn't read them because yeah. it's, it's a it's a long story time if you read them all. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, but uh, they're good. They're good. I, I, I think they they give a good backstory um you know for a game that really sort of doesn't have like a narrative they created a very interesting universe i think yeah that, totally. part of part of it is those books yeah, yeah i think it's telling after playing this game i was like i should check out riven because this yeah. this world seems like it's very interesting Riven, and, they they take what they did with mist and, and really make it incredible in riven yeah sure i see i've never played riven yeah. so there you go that's might no, no we're, we're actually just to the location we were talking about earlier, which oh, was no. the furnace room. And I kind of play oh, around okay. for that for a little bit. I finally figure out the way you open up the safe there. I think it's a location you see on the walls in the observatory, like we talked about. You mm -hmm. set the tower rotation, and it tells you the safe combination. Mm -hmm. And you go in there, and there's like a book of matches. And I think everyone that I saw, Tom, and maybe, I don't remember Lobos if you did this, but I did the same thing. You open up the book of matches. You're like, ah, oh, I've got a match. Yep. Awesome. Yep. And you try to shove the match in the furnace. <laughs> and it's like, nope, that's not how matches work. So yeah, well, yeah, it was very like, you know, programmer step by step. Like, how do you light a fire? Yeah. Well, you get a match and then you put it in the gas. Nope. And then you get a light at first on the on the matchbox. So I thought that was cool, though. Yeah. But before we go on to because that, that's going to basically bring us to channel wood. But again, I wasn't I had such a hard time trying to figure out how to get to channel wood so I, I did a little diversion and i found the power combination mm -hmm. um again through the tower will tell you uh there's a generator room and you essentially have 10 buttons and you have to each of those buttons will increase the power output by by some number and you basically have to add up to hit 58 and so i don't know if it's only one combination that will work or if there are multiple combinations that will work but in any case you uh, activate the power, and that goes all the way to this cool-looking spaceship, which actually, we talk about Jules Verne again. This oh, looks yeah. like something straight out of Jules Verne, right? Yeah, this totally. Sort of yeah. Like, totally. It's like a submarine spaceship thing. 
kind of steampunky with like these yeah this porthole window like interface thing as a musician Lobos, mm-hmm. i'm su- i'm assuming you loved this puzzle i i liked it yeah i love i love music puzzles and stuff so let's and, talk a little bit about this one. yeah well i wrote down the the musical notes when i saw that the guide in the book wait are you talking you're like oh this is a c sharp yeah, yeah are you kidding me yeah well it was like oh, low middle and high so okay. i was like this is middle c this is low c this see is that's and so when I came here, it was very easy to just... I hate, I hate you. You're just like transcribing the musical notes. Did you play any songs? Or? Oh, I didn't, you know. I should have. Uh, how about you, Tom? How did you do on this puzzle? Oh, I love music puzzles, too. Yeah. I've played uh, piano since I was a kid, so oh, nice. I was fine with it. Nice. Oh, cool. Nice. Cool. I, I, would, uh, I would just kind of hum the note to myself. So basically, there's a piano on the far end of this little spaceship. And when I say far end, it's really only like two screens. But it's some it's such that you have to click the piano button and then you have to kind of go over the thing and then increase a dial to hit that same note. That, yeah, and there's five pitch. notes. They have to hit the same pitch. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then once you do that, you flick the lever, plays a little tune for you. And if it's got the right tune, it will activate. And you were talking about books earlier in the library. You do see in the end of one of the books actually has that piano. Right. It has all the notes there yeah. written. So all you need to do is copy those down on a piece of paper and then come over here and play some music. I would say, funny enough, the hardest thing about me reaching this age was finding the the electrical tower that is located behind the generator place because you have to click like just to the side of the building and it's a path that takes you behind it and then you pull the switch up there and yeah. I just didn't realize that. So I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah, um, I guess yeah. that's actually connecting the power or activating the power between the left side because there's a big power line. Right. And I guess that's like a junction box or something you have to actually swap. Yeah, yeah. What is going on here? I don't does know why it, it's static. I think that? That, yeah, I guess it does that. It okay. Does that. But yeah, it'll show you a little flyby of yeah, whatever area anytime you're Anytime you go into a new mist stage, it does a flyby of the entire island, which gives you a, a brief understanding of how it's laid out. Especially cool when you keep going back to mist island. Although you don't actually get to see a flyby of the Mist Island, um, you do get opportunities to actually see Mist Island from above. And once you've seen that, it's really cool because you're like, oh, man, those are all the locations oh, yeah. I've spent a bunch of time. Yeah. At the very beginning, you do a flyby, but it's like, if you're yeah, not that's familiar what I was with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now we're in the uh, spaceship age, which I think um, Tom had the technical term here. What was that again? Selenitic. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so what, <laughs> why don't you describe a little bit about how this world or this age works? Yeah, so in, in this age, you basically just explore around and you see these stations, which are near uh, some sort of geographical formation like water or a crevice in the ground or air or forget the other two at the moment. And you flip a switch and you hear a sound. Then as you explore around, you eventually find this sort of viewer or imager and uh, if you've hit the switch at each of the sound locations, you can um, hit a button or you have to move the imager on five different to the five different locations. Then you hit an imager and it gives you the uh, gives you like a frequency and mm-hmm. then it sort of tells you how you need to um, get through this door later. The, the order of the sounds to yeah. get through a door. So it'll give you a frequency right. between what, like, we'll say zero and 360 or something yeah, like I think that. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <clears throat> it's the numbers themselves aren't important it's just the relations between each other so like tom said you'll have to just order because earlier on there's a there's a door and you can hear those same sounds uh and there are more sounds than just the ones that you find on the island so there's five sounds on the island i think it's like wind fire crystal yeah water water and then like a time or a clock oh yeah a clock. and yeah. so those are all selectable on the door and so there'll be like from left to right there's five dials and you have to basically say um so like if water was like let's say frequency one that would probably be the lowest so that would be on the far left and then if you had uh like fire was like frequency 300 it would probably be on the right so it's again just ordering those dials so that is what i thought going into it um that oh you just figure out the the frequencies and then order it low to high but when you set them all in this imager um to to their proper frequencies then you hit the little sigma uh, that plays them all at the bottom it plays them in a different order i I was Um, very confused about this so again this e it's like a backwards e 
in mathematics, it generally represents the sum. The sum. Yeah, well, so it plays I was like, all what? of the... Uh, <laughs> what is a sum value and how does this... I don't... I still don't understand what this... What that is. What that you, button does. No, so you play that and it plays the sounds in the order that you need to put them in the door. You don't do it like... I thought it was frequency like oh, lowest to highest. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, but it wasn't lowest to oh. highest. It was, it was slightly different. Because that's what I thought at first, and I was like, "Okay, cool, just find the lowest frequency and yeah. then work up to high." But it, it's like, actually, I think you're right because I, I do remember now going back, and I was like, "All right, great, I got the puzzle solved, hundred percent," and it doesn't work. Right. I'm like, "Whoa, what am I missing?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. That that some there, button was needed for. Yeah. Interesting. So, so, in order to set the frequencies, you have these two two arrows, a left and a right, and it kind of rotates around, um, and the imager rotates as well. Uh, as you get close to the sound that you're trying to match up, um, one of the arrows will start to blink. And if it's blinking, then you need to go like more that direction until you finally center on it. And it's only like it's by a, by the 10th point decimal to accurately pinpoint that frequency. And then you can hear the sound much clearer and you're like, okay, that's definitely in the right spot. And then you figure that out. Now, what I couldn't figure out for sure was... Again, it, this might have been through my misunderstanding of how that mm. frequency stuff was working, but it seemed like if I had other sounds on, they would like interfere. So, like, imagine if fire was like in front of water or right, something, right? And to be able to clearly hear water, I needed to, to turn off fire. Is that the case? Do you guys know? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Okay, so you I think it's just like activate them all. I think it's general static and noise, unless you're at the right frequency. Okay. It's just kind of like. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. All right. So now, so you solve that, and you go on <laughs> the best to part of the game. The half half of the part, game for me. Worst part of the game. <laughs> so we get to the submarine thing, and it's a long subway with a bunch of different locations you can go to. Essentially, there's a track, and there's eight locations you can possibly go down, but usually six of them are blocked off. We're actually fast-forwarding through the entire sequence just to show people what it looks like. Uh, when you were doing this, Lobos, because it's very long, I think there's like 12 or 15 locations you actually have to travel in, and there's no map. So you have there's to no build the map, or yep. there's there's another way to do this. We'll talk about that in just yes. a minute. But when, I, when you got to this on stream, I was like, Lobos, don't even bother <laughs> trying to solve this puzzle. It's not fun. You're not going to enjoy it. Uh, I think we all, Tom included, all solved it. Uh, actually, I don't think I saw Tom. Tom, did you cheat on this? I did not cheat because okay. I, rem I remember, you remember how the you gimmick. Mm. Oh, what's the gimmick, Tom? <laughs> so most of the misstages are self-contained, but I think this might be the one puzzle where there's a hint in the the mechanical age when you're rotating the the room, um, because when you rotate the room in mechanical age, you hear a, a different sound at north, south, east, or west. Mm. And when you move this subway car, whenever it stops, you hear one of those sounds. Or you might hear a combination of the sounds. And that tells you to go north, south, east, west, northeast, southeast, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that it's actually easy if you make that connection. But if you don't, I mean, you're going to yeah. have a bad time. So I thought what it was doing is, and it was it was incorrect if I would have taking more time to assess it like Lobos had told me but I had thought that this was basically trying to designate a location like a marker so if you go there and you hear right. a, like a, I call it the laser the laser sound you're like okay cool I know that I hit the laser sound so I can like map that out this is I should hear a laser to verify I'm here but apparently that that sound isn't exactly what I, it's not an indicator. It's no. So, um, I figured out the gimmick, but by the time I was about 90% through the track, because I started, I had this map all laid out with where the sounds were. And at some point I went to go retrace my step or not retrace my steps, but follow the path that we had taken. And I noticed that the same direction was playing the same sound. And I was like, Oh, there seems to be a pattern there. And I'm sure we all had our own nicknames. Mine were ping, Fart, sproing, and bucket. What was yours, Ryan? Uh, I think it was laser, ding, flit, and um, so I don't remember the third. Well, it, was, it was probably bucket or something related to bucket. Canteen or spittoon. I think it was spittoon or something. Oh, yeah. we had spittoon on the yeah. on the stream too. But that had ding, pew, boop, and flitter. Flitter, yeah. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Nice. Now we're getting to the Channelwood age, which I had such a hard time finding. So, by the way. 
there's a it looks like a there's a redwood forest or what looks like to be a redwood forest and i actually for the longest time didn't know that this little tree existed so there's another screen next to this little hut that we talked about that had the furnace and i only found out there was this big tree there by accident like four hours into the game while <laughs> while misclicking in miss clicking mist clicking. in in mist here on mist Isle, and so I had a hard time figuring out what this did. So you go to this area and there's just this large tree sitting there and you can go to the room, the, uh, the furnace room and you can, it looks like there's a window right? There, and you can see what is presumably that tree and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, I understand it's showing me this tree that is behind there. And so you are, you know, you light the furnace and you're twisting the, the valve to increase the pressure, decrease the pressure. What I was expecting to see, if I solved the puzzle correctly, was some sort of movement with that. With that, that, but treatment. Th that thing doesn't move at all. So that's a, kind of a red herring. Well, and I th I commented on it the first time I entered that room. I was like, ah, that's supposed to be the outside, but it looks like a painting or something yeah, like that. But I think it is just a painting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can step outside and go to the right of that building, and it takes you to this kind of little walled-off section that has a tree. Mm -hmm. yeah. And while the pressure is high on that furnace. Uh, you'll hear this like mechanical clang, clang every couple seconds mm -hmm. and you can see the tree elevating itself higher and higher um, until a certain point and it stops and if you notice it soon enough there is like a little doorway on it and so you're like oh okay so you turn off the furnace it starts to descend and you can catch that room on the way down and that takes you down to a room um, but you can also you go up you can yeah did you guys I did go well. up oh yeah oh that's yeah. cool yeah. right yeah it's a little scary. Well, then I was actually like, oh, can I actually get down from here? Yeah, there's a button that allows you to go down. Yeah, and you can spam that button and the tree will just drop really fast. It's, nice. That's cool. It's like you don't even have to pay to go to the, the theme park. You can just you can just ride this tree all day. That's what I did. Just put on your VR set and you're uh -huh. good. Yeah. VR Mist sounds great. They were going to make a Mist theme park. That could have been one of the rides. That would have been awesome. And then you could get on the gear that just spins. Or, I don't uh -huh. know. Anyways. <laughs> well, this uh, channel would, would, had not, would not have been fun as a VR uh, or a theme park. Um, it's kind of a maze-ish area. Tom, this was your first one you indicated. Do you want to talk a little bit about how the, this area works? Channelwood, uh, yeah. So it's, it's basically that uh, one of those puzzles where you have to divert water to um, using valves mm -hmm. that go yeah. left or right. And you have to divert them to different pumps that make different elevators go up and down basically and then there's two different levels you have to go to the first level first and then get up there find this very i don't know how long it took you guys to find the took lever a while, to, yeah. to open the door um because you're up in these this network of tree houses where everything kind of looks the same and you and then you have to activate the second elevator where you get to um sort of the story of cirrus and akinar at channelwood mm -hmm. yeah um, so that that little switch that you were talking about opens up a shortcut back down to the first floor and you need that shortcut opened because you have to divert yep. the water to the next set of elevators and you can't have uh, you can't you know, have both active yeah, yeah you can't have the power generator on yeah. both yeah the once you get to the tree trop tree tops though it is even more maze like so at the very first level it's a pretty easy way or pretty easy location to navigate because there's a bunch of docks and they're sort of maze like but there's not a ton of them and you can get the lay of the land pretty easily yeah, there's yeah. only like three or four passages. I will say it was a little annoying to try because at every little intersection, you can look down and there's a valve and you can control the, the flow of the water. And sometimes I would be trying to click the valve and it would rotate me. And now yeah. I'm like, which way am I looking? And then have to kind of re reorient myself. Overall, it's, it's not too bad. When we get up to the top here, I think this is in general, it's a little challenging to move around on mist. So it's really easy to go forward because you just click in the center of the screen. Sure. But occasionally it's not clear if turning to the right is actually going to turn you literally a hunt like 90 degrees to the right or it's going to turn you 45 degrees to right. the right. And so you'll have a situation when you get up to the tree trops here where there's essentially think of it as like a, there's a middle path that you're coming from and then there's two exits. One at like your if you're looking straight, consider straight zero degrees. If you right. go negative 45 degrees, that's your left exit. And then sure. like negative 45 or positive 45 degrees is your right exit. Mm. And so it was very challenging to understand, am I actually, is there actually only three 
right. entrances, <laughs> exits to this, or there are actually four. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about? No, yeah, because it's this cylindrical thing, kind of, or like octagonal, and you can click and keep moving around it, but the perspective doesn't really change. Yeah. It keeps like walls and open passageways in kind of the same location. So you can keep clicking and being like, I, I don't know if this is just two bridges or there, there's not a whole lot of distinction there. So yeah, you can run around here and think you're in a different place, but be in the same place a lot. And I need just a color code each room. Yeah, that would help <laughs> spray paint each one. Or like have you ability to like drop rope and just, you know, here's the <laughs> yeah. areas I've been. Yeah, I had a lot of troubles trying to find that level lever that Tom was talking about. But once you solve, once you find it, you're like, OK, I think I'm getting the hang of this. And <laughs> and as you go to the elevator, go to the third floor, I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope the area isn't even more complicated up there. But it's actually not too bad. You go up to bad, the yeah. third area, and there's really only a couple rooms there. Yeah, right? I think it's, is it three rooms? There's like a room with like this device that will play this like holographic kind of image, which is controlled by a device in Akinar's room, I yeah. think, because you can play little video files on that. And some of them are, oh, most of them are just him talking in this like nonsense language. Presumably the language of the people that lived here. If you read the books, it kind of tells you about oh, yeah? that monkeys. That, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but one, one, the last image or video playback is Cirrus, his brother, who's like, what a nice device you have here, Akinar. Like, pity if someone would erase it all. <laughs> and then <laughs> and you're like, yeah. okay, all right. On that note, mm -hmm. at this point in the game, you've seen a lot of like Cirrus and Akinar's like rooms and what they're up to. I was always... I kind of didn't want to trust either one, but if I had to pick one, uh, it seemed like the Cirrus in the Red Book it was kind of the more like he was. He did yeah. seem a little more intelligent, but also crafty and just kind mm -hmm. of like <laughs> sinister. Whereas Akinar is, uh, I mean, he acts crazy, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I totally agree. A I more also, innocent, maybe. I also thought Cir Cirrus was was like the good guy here. Ultimately, you find out they're both bad, but Cirrus seems more put together. You know, he's like, oh, I've, I've actually got a plan here. So we actually get to uh, Aknar. We go to his room and there's a really cool thing here because there's a, a chest here with some little spikes around it. And you can click on uh, you can click on the section in the middle and it, it's like a big bear trap just comes and tries to eat your hand. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah um... this guy's really twisted. <laughs> I mean, he did have a torture room, so to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I didn't read the books here, but I did learn a little bit about the Channelwood Age. And apparently, uh, so ages ago, there were humans lived peacefully on the, the surface. And then there's the tree dwellers that lived yeah. in the trees. Yeah. And they didn't really interact a whole lot. Now, I think Tom actually brought up this, this question on his stream. Where are all the people in Channelwood? Are they all killed or is this just a very small section of the Channelwood Age and it's still populated mm. elsewhere? Ignoring the fact that they didn't have the memory to actually get rendering characters right, in the game. Right, yeah, yeah. In any case, you get the blue and the red page from Channelwood and in my playthrough that was the last couple pages. And so I go and I bring back the pages to the book and they have some very interesting uh, things to say. What do they say? Yeah, well, I just want to mention real quick that you, in order to get the red and blue pages back, you do have to go through areas twice because you can only carry one at a time. That's true. So that means you have to do the yeah, spaceship the track the puzzle. The subway twice. puzzle. You so hopefully twice. you figured out the gimmick because going back through there is, yeah. Yep. Or you've got a good map, either way. You can skip the animations if you had escape. Oh, oh, now well, that, that is a time I saver. I should have known that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did not know that either. <laughs> Tom, what what do the uh, once you complete both books? By the way, you don't need to complete both books to actually get the true ending. You only need to complete one book because they each give you the same piece of information. Tom, you know what that is? Yeah, so there's a book on the end of the middle bookshelf which has hundreds of different codes with all these squares on a board in the fireplace where you can hit a button, and uh, they tell you to go to 158, and um, when you hit 158 and hit the button, the fireplace turns and you see two a, a, a final red page the final blue page and then a green book which they really really don't want you to touch <laughs> yeah conveniently and, and i actually was on board when i first talked to cirrus 
I was like, all right, cool. Because he's like, bring me the red page. Don't do the blue page. And certainly don't touch that green page because that's going to imprison you. I'm like, yeah, well, serious. I think we've got a good yeah. relationship here. I'm going to I'm gonna trust you. <laughs> so we're going to put the red page in there. And it was actually a brilliant moment there. So what what happens? Did you actually, uh, Lobos, did you actually put any of the pages oh, in the red or blue I did. Book? I did all the endings, of course. Okay. Although I, I think I remembered what happens if you help out either of the brothers conveniently well, the the, shrink, the screen shrinks to this tiny little square yeah. as your porthole outside as you are sucked into the book in place of whichever brother and both of them are just kind of like ha, you fool they have this long dialogue of just taunting you very long while they rip out the pages that you have now uh returned to the book which if all the pages are there i don't know i guess i guess there's some maybe there's a cooldown for getting out of the book yeah because otherwise maybe. you could just swap forever and then nobody would <laughs> but anyways they rip out the pages and you get more staticky and yeah. they're just laughing and then you, you're like oh i understand well i guess you would have already understood if you had watched the the sequences when you've been putting pages in mm -hmm. but it's really cool to be like oh that's why it's staticky it's, yeah you know people ripped out the pages there yeah. and, and so at the end the screen goes completely black and nothing happens. Nothing happens. You you just you're that's, there. That's you in the book. Somewhere there's someone sitting at their computer from 1993, being <laughs> like, if one of these days someone's gonna come save me. They just left on their whatever their Tandy laptop just on the corner. Uh, there should be a 24/7 Twitch stream on just like trying to get out of the book. Secret missed ending. Uh, so Blue ultimately, <laughs> but once I I talked to Aknar and he said. He's like, oh, don't touch the green book. I'm like, well, wait a minute. If both brothers don't want me to touch the green book, then mm -hmm. that means that is something that... Because those two brothers don't agree on anything. Right. So you're like, okay, right. well, I know this has got to be... They've agreed on the, one yeah. thing. Yeah. And so you go there. Well, so first you can open the green book. Yes. And we get a video message you. from yeah from Atris. Oh, I guess it's a live, a live feed message. And he tells you, uh, he gives you a, a tip on how to get a page for his green book allows you to travel there and talk to him. That is the thing that I figured out on accident at the beginning of the game. The way you do that is you have all of the marker switches set to on across Mist Island. Then you return to the first one on the dock and then you turn that switch off and a little panel opens below and there's a page there. And I, yeah, I did that by accident. And I was like, uh, okay, well we got this page. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you, and this is also how you can kind of finish the game really quickly is you just, you know, to turn on those switches, you grab the page and you already, you can already know what the pattern is to enter into the fireplace and then using the page or not, you can travel to wherever Atris is located and he has a discussion with you about, about what to do. Yeah. And if you come here without the page, I think Tom, did you do this ending? Yeah, that's the best ending in the game. It's okay. good. It's a good the angry ending. actress ending. <laughs> so what happens there? So he he says, "Did you bring the page?" And you're like, you know, you don't say anything. He's like, "You didn't bring the page." <laughs> and then he, he he gets a little angry. You didn't bring the page. And then you just live there with him forever. <laughs> yeah, he says, "Well, I guess so. We'll be spending forever together." Do you think, do you think together. he's a good uh, uh, roommate? Good roommate, Tom. <laughs> Probably he's pretty quiet, just yeah. writes all the time. Yeah. Might, yeah. He might yell at you, you know, a couple times a day. But he didn't, get, the page. he didn't get all that angry about the fact you've ruined everything for fixing his mess. He kind of just sighs and he's like, well, oh, I hope you enjoy being together forever. <laughs> he is very calm and collected. But <laughs> didn't you, sink in yet. Yeah. If you do give him the page, he's like, great. He, he kind of fills you in more about the problems. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go away for a little bit. I'll be back. And he literally just goes away, and yeah. you're like, uh, uh, yeah, it's probably good 15 seconds. I was just looking around. I was like, what do I do now? And then he's like, oh, I've come back. He's like, that was unpleasant, but I've I've sealed away them forever. But he does leave you the little cliffhanger. He's like, there's even more powerful evil. And I guess that comes into play later on in the sequels. Also, yeah, yep. you you can return to Mist Island and look mm -hmm. at where those br the brothers' books yep. were, and there's just char marks, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah. my goodness, what That's happened? Cool. <laughs> and yeah. you can explore the island. There's not really anything to do. I mean, you've pretty much already explored the island. There's really no end credits here. For that ending. For that oh, ending. When do the credits play? They don't play. Oh, they don't? They, you just, you just walk around. I have the huh. credits playing here because oh. I just you can view the credits from the, the main menu there. Got you, got you. 
When I was a kid, I, I looked at internet rumors, and so I explored all the islands for super secrets. There oh, was man. supposedly oh, nice. a, a secret red button on the subway car that if you hit, you open up a secret door, but that was not true. Oh, those were the best those times. Those were the best when, times. Like, yeah. there's a 17th Colossus in Shadow of the Colossus, or like, right. and, and everybody's spending hours trying to find the thing. Well, that's uh, the missed episode. We've hit the end credits there. So I want to w- thank everyone for watching us on Twitch or listening to us on the podcast. And a real special thanks to Retrograde Tom, uh, you know, great uh, retro streamer on Twitch. I really encourage people to take a look at his channel. Tom, what are you up to this week? Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm Retrograde Tom, retro variety streamer. Um, this week I'm playing Realms of the Haunting, uh, which is a 3D action adventure shooter i'm normally not this tiny but so sorry if you're <laughs> looking to follow a tiny person um uh, but yeah we, we we goof around and we play a lot of different obscure or popular retro games on my channel and what times do you usually stream at i do 9 a.m eastern uh sunday monday wednesday friday and saturday nice that all right well thank cool. you again thank you so much tom so we wanted to again a big shout out to all of our patreon supporters you know, we'd love to see you all in the Discord, and uh, we're excited to chat with you there about especially the upcoming games. Uh, if you want to also support the show, please head on over to patreon.com, Saturday morning gaming show, to learn more there. Let's actually talk about the Hall of Heroes. Let's. Yeah. So the Hall of Heroes is a chance for you to flex your gamer cred. Each episode, simply play and beat the game. Then take a snap of the credit screen along with your name somewhere nearby, Upload that on over to Imager and shoot a link over to Saturday Morning Gaming Show at gmail.com. Let's go over the Hall of Heroes entrance for Miss. Let's do it. There weren't a whole lot this time. Maybe Miss yeah. was a little too puzzling for some yeah. people. <laughs> but we do have a couple. That's great. First up, we do have Gaming Steiner continuing uh, completing games here. Yeah, does he have anything to say? Oh, right, yeah. Finally, after many attempts over the years, I've conquered Mist. Great game. Keep up the wonderful content. Thank you, Gaming Steiner. And then we have Nonsense Mejia says, Hey guys, had a great time on my first playthrough of Mist. Definitely was not expecting the green book ending. Awesome game pick. Looking forward to the podcast. Well, I hope it was worth your time. Brisk Mountain, hope this was the right game, LOL. Also, if you're looking at the image here, I'm not sure if we should give Brisk Mountain the points because we didn't validate he got the right ending. What do you think? What do you think? Should we give him the points? It's clearly an ending. I I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I just spoiled the the Hall of Heroes. We'll we'll give him the points. Let's (laughs) take a look at the results for episode nine. At 15, with five points, we have Kyaku, Splove One, Datashi Senpai, and the Kyle Mac. Tied at number 11, Yoshi 35, Lulu Kachu, Jazz Never Sleeps, and Dog Type with at, 10 points. At number 7, we have Tobanaga at 15 points. 20 points at number 6, Next Star. Down to 5 this time, it's Alamaxia. He's still got 50 points. A lot of points. Big disparity there. Nonsense Mejia, 55 points, number 4. Harotham Holden at number 3 with 70 points. And still tied for the lead, Gaming Steiner and Brisk Mountain with 80 points. All right, cool. Well, quick updates on uh, the next episode. The next episode is going to be the end of Season 1 of the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. So this will be your last opportunity to get your name on the Hall of the Heroes. And then after that, we will be resetting the leaderboards and allowing everyone to jump in and and start uh, again. Do you think, I I mean, we haven't discussed this yet, but I feel like we should have some way where nobody can, where we can't have a tie for first place, like some sort of point, right? Or or unless you want to enable two first placers by the end of it. How about if no one wins, everyone loses? Okay, that's <laughs> that's a <laughs> wow the 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 harsh ending. I yeah. get it. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about the next game <laughs> we're going to be playing, the Lobos. What is the next game that we're going to be playing? This is an amazing game, one of my favorites. I'm currently playing through it right now. Uh, it is a Halloween episode, special Halloween episode. It's going to be really amazing, and I wanted a really kind of spooky game, but I didn't want it to be terrifying. Fair enough. So we're going to pick up System Shock Two for the PC. That's a great hybrid of RPG and first-person shooting. It's it's creepy. It's got ghosts. It's got spirits. It's got evil AI. I've actually never played all the way through it. What about you, Tom? Have you played System Shock 2? 
Nope. I'm thinking about playing it soon, actually. Well, there you go. You can yeah. get on that leaderboard right yeah. before oh, the end of yeah. season one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Get last place. Yeah. <laughs> Tied for, well, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, that will be a very special Halloween episode. So that's going to be on October 26th. So basically the Saturday before Halloween. I think Lobus is going to dress up. And I'll probably dress up too. So if you want to dress up and also watch us. Oh, yeah, us, totally. You, sh- you should do that. I'll dress up. Everyone, sh- everyone should dress up. Hey, and also if you want to send in images of your your costume, that would be great. Whatever you want to do, we'll show those on, on air there. Sounds good. Well, sadly, we've reached the end credits of this episode, and we wanted to thank everyone for watching us on Twitch, twitch.com, Lobos Jr., or listening to us on the podcast. Our Twitch airs every other Saturday, 9.30 Central U.S. time, and the podcast releases the next Sunday. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or whatever your platform of choice is. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at SaturdayMorningGamingShow at gmail.com. Or follow us and tweet at us on Twitter at SaturdayMGaming. And a special shout out to Technoax for much of the music this episode. For Saturday Morning Gaming, I'm Lobos. And I'm Retrograde Tom. And I'm Ryan. We'll see you October 26th for a special Halloween episode of System Shock 2. Okay, so we have a guest here today. That's me. That's Ryan. I am your guest. Enjoy. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here. I've been a long time fan, and I I just, I'm your biggest fan, Lobos. Ryan, can you click the button that that shows the cameras? There we go. I clicked it. No, you you didn't. I clicked it there. (laughs) You're a terrible guest. I'm so sorry. All right.